Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I f***ing love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that buzz the next. Big jab there from Duffy and Frank Mir is hurt now. Oh, Down goes Duffy out cold. Frank Mir does it again. Rock'em, sock'em, robots here. Oh, my goodness. Hyperbole. There are a couple of absolutely self-involved bull****. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. All right, UFC 295, just days away. It is great to be back with all of you fine people. We never take your viewership nor your listenership for granted. It is episode 448 of the Anakin Florian podcast presented by DraftKings on the DraftKings Network on the DraftKings YouTube channel as well. Pink's a pretty good color on you, Ken Flo. How about this forest green, though, logo that we're rocking today? I have to say, right... And sorry if I'm beginning the show this way again, but my twin brother Jason and his wife Amanda put so much effort into launching JohnAnnick.com, our new store, the different colorations. And uh, I think you look fantastic today. That's all. Yeah. Well, thank you, sir. I, I do like a good pink every once in a while, but forest green is probably one of my favorite colors. Go. So good choice. All right, so friend. UFC 295 is nearly upon us. Brian Petrie coming up in about five minutes. Massive selections coming your way. For the pay-per-view this weekend, UFC 295 Prohazka versus Pereira. Don't forget, you can also check out on the DraftKings YouTube channel right now our conversation with Eric Nixick last week. If you are still craving the Francis Ngannou content after his outstanding showing against Tyson Fury. But with this pay-per-view a few days away, it was to be UFC 295 Jones versus Mia Chichen. Some people have criticized me for perhaps perhaps for sounding a little bit chill-like when I am promoting the new heavyweight fight between Tom Aspinall and Sergey Pavlovich and talking about, you know, those two guys being primed and primal and everything else and how Jones and Miacic maybe are just showing up for one final dance. So I would ask you now, being a little bit removed from this UFC picture, having your paycheck cut by BattleBots and the PFL and everybody else, you know, where is your relative enthusiasm for this fight card now compared to when John Jones and Stipe Miocic were the men on the market? Right. Well, I honestly, I was a little disappointed, right? I mean, obviously, it's an event when John Jones competes, similar to Conor McGregor, Habib. You know, when you get these massive names, it just feels a little bit different. But as far as firepower, as far as excitement, as far as delivering action, uh, this card, I, I don't think, lost too much of that. Um, first of all, Pereira Prohaska is going to be insane. That's a fight I've been wanting to see for a very long time. Uh, and then it's kind of powered uh, again with some other heavyweights in Pavlovich and Aspinall. Um, two guys with a, an amazing arsenal uh, that love to finish fights. So uh, that's the... That's the benefit of having a roster like the UFC that is so large and so deep uh, where you can put these guys in these positions on relatively short notice. And kudos to both of those guys for stepping up. And uh, 
I still think it's going to be a phenomenal You're right card. about the John Jones effect, and that is sort of a good way to contextualize it. It does feel enormous when that guy is headlining. I guess I just had my reservations in terms of my own enthusiasm or excitement because we were without John Jones for so many years that wrapping my head around him competing in March and then again in November, it just didn't seem realistic. Yeah, And you can say this injury was fluky, but uh, I don't know. I just really hope that we get to see him at least one more time, but ideally first or second quarter of 2024. But we're loaded, as you might expect. Mark your calendars, folks. And I think for many people, you're blocking off the whole day, November 11th, Yuri Prohaska and Alex Pineda at UFC 295. Only one fighter leaves with the championship, though. You can secure your own win, though, right now with unbeatable offers on DraftKings Sportsbook. And new customers, strike now. You'll get $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Main event still close on paper. Alex Pineda, the favorite. Yuri Prohaska, slightly to the underdog. And the co-main event, as we mentioned, Tommy Aspinall, Sergey Pavlovich. Two-way action coming in. That one is even closer, at least on the betting odds right now. And you can get in on all the UFC 295 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Download the app now. Use code AFPOD. New customers get 200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet $5. That is code AFPOD only on DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash MMA terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. My favorite part of the show, predictions for a pay-per-view. It happens 14 times a year. UFC 295 beckons on Saturday. Let us get to the main event challenge. It's the main event challenge. And it. The time is most definitely now. I finished fights. I'm going to do everything possible to win. The main event challenge. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. And for that main event challenge, we call on the capable mind and body of Brian Petrie. Yes. I mean, we're not just calling on your mind. We're calling on your body, especially when you're at a UFC live event, because in terms of the Anakin Florian podcast team muscle, right? Yeah. I love that people think that you're like 5'8". It's funny. It's a, that's the first thing Bilal Muhammad said to me. He's like, you're this big. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like when people always say, oh, Bruce Buffer is super nice. I say, don't mistake his kindness for weakness. That dude, 65 or otherwise, will fuck you up. Brian yeah. Petrie will fuck most of <laughs> you out there up. I'll have to do it. I should probably clean up the language now that we're sponsoring soccer teams, Ken. <laughs> well, huh? I saw that. I saw that. But this is what we are. This is what we got to be, John. I yeah. did say to Ken Flo off the air, and I can't tell the story here, but let me just say – Thankfully, none of my children project to be high-level athletes. I hope they can't hear me right now. Because I, I don't, I don't think I'm cut out to be that dad. I, yeah. I think I'm confrontational. Yeah. I think I'm just not a great sports dad. So yeah. I'm going to leave it at that. All right. So I want to quickly, Bry, if I could, Ken yes. Flo, if you can just chill for a couple minutes. I got to get yeah. some treetop thoughts on Brian Petrie from last weekend's fight car between. Or fight night in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Because you had Nicholas Dalby plus 400. You laid yes. it out beautifully for our listeners. So as you're watching that play out, I guess I'm just curious what your mentality is knowing you had that ticket. It was almost like I wrote the fucking script for the fight. It was uh, weird. I knew Bonfim was going to come out hot. And if Dalby lasted that first round, which he did, I was like, Dalby's going to take over. I was holding a Dalby money line and Dalby by decision plus 750 because he's never finished in the UFC. I wish I would have touched on the little uh, uh, finish problems, like probably plus 1,200. Right. But after he ate that first right hand within the first five seconds, the biggest right hand in the fight, he ate that like it was a tic-tac and kept moving forward. And I went... Oh, this is this dude's because all week he was talking about I'm in the best shape. I'm in the best mental. And I was like, this dude's going to do it right. Four to one over a guy who doesn't really fight out of the first round. And I thought he fought beautifully. I mean, he, you know, on the ground, he played it safe because he knew if he got up in a certain way, his neck's getting taken yeah. uh, and the cardio pressure and just everything. Oh. And this is a guy that's a vet who people sleep on a little bit. He's a tough out for a lot of people, man. Again, hasn't been finished. I know there's an explanation, you know, Jesse Ronson, but dudes is nails, right? I mean, 
And yeah. uh, I was so happy to catch that ticket because, you know, it feels good to get a right, something right a little yeah. bit. The comments well, will let a, you know when you get them wrong. Right. I well, you've had, to get a, it right. you've yeah. had a good year and uh, you were 4-0 last week plus $1,000. So inching closer to the black on the year. But oftentimes when I do MMA interviews, Ken Flo and Brian, people say like, all right, if you're designing the perfect MMA fighter, you know, yeah. maybe you take Anderson Silva striking, you take me Rob Dwalish Willie's cardio. Give me fucking Nicholas Dalby's back. Yeah. Like give me that yeah. guy back Dude. as an attribute, yeah. right? Kenny yeah. was joking earlier this week that he has like a fucking energy pack in there, you know? <laughs> it's Something. true. Yeah. Something. All right. We have some pronunciations of the week before we get to these predictions, Brian. And all there we, we want to hear you say UFC 295 has two headlining athletes competing yeah. for the light heavyweight championship. One of them reps the Czech Republic. One represents Brazil. So we'd like you to just <laughs> say the two guys who are fighting for the title this weekend. Sure. So I know you are very stickler with the with with Alex's name, right? Yeah. So um, you I call him Alex and not Alex. That's fine. OK, OK. I know for a fact that you I, I didn't go back and because you you did a sermon on the podcast like, guys, this is how you say it. I didn't go back and watch. I'm, I'm trying to stay true. So I would say if I'm sitting with a buddy, I go, Alex Pereira is what I would say. And then the other gentleman, the, the, the beautiful gentleman from Czech Republic would be Yuri Prohaska. Dude, you fucking nailed, Did I nail it? Let's go. We're going to have Cody, the maestro Mero. Cody Bone Marrow at the controls. Play these files for our listenership at this point in time. Bet's Canada. <laughs> Nailed that I one. Nailed that one. I will never not laugh at that. <laughs> Alex Puerta Pereira. Alex Puerta Pereira. All right, so that is actually Plinio Cruz saying his name, right? But. Huh. You're absolutely right. There's no H sound. And, you know, Ken Flo's the guy I essentially learned from. But with that mm. one R in his name, it's Pereira or mm. as the Brazilians say it, Pereira, if you roll the R. So right. Pereira or Pereira, Pereira or Pereira, both acceptable. And then Yuri Prohaska, Cody, if you could just fire off that file, if you would as well. But a nice job by Brian Petrie on that one. Yuri Prohaska. Name. Yuri Prohaska. What a savage. What it's an absolute all right, nice job, Brian Petrie. Let us update the standings oh. here. As we mentioned, big week for BP, 4-0, plus $1,000. That included a three-unit whack on Kayo Bohalio. Ken Flo mm -hmm. also with an outstanding week. Unable to win three successive weeks was Ken Flo, but he goes 3-1, and one, plus 65 to the positive. He did take a $535 loss on Gabriel Bonfim. Otherwise, it would have been plus 600 but a nice week for both of you men. Pete Trees lead 5405 as we come up on one of the biggest cards of the year, UFC 295. And show policy suggests we pick all UFC fights involving Longo's guys. So no. to that end, first pick for us, first fight of the night, actually. At Featherweight, Jamal Emmers minus 325, Dennis Bazookia plus 260. Brian, Longo's yes. guy, a pretty big underdog. Here, Emmer's coming off a competitive split loss to Jack Jenkins back in June. Bazookia dropping the unanimous decision to Sean Woodson in his short notice UFC debut on August 5th. Emmer's 34. Bazookia just turned 26. Brian Petrie, who do you have? So this is this is good. This is a tough fight. This is a tough fight to pick because you, you look at the number and Bazooka's got great number next to my plus 260. Then you look at Emmer's. He's got a great track record. I mean, he beat Corey Sanhagen back in the day. This guy's been in there with a lot of people. He's tricky on the feet. Good takedown defense, you know. The only times he's ever really lost is when he gets caught, right? Or a close decision. This guy's a gamer. But you got to look at Dennis Wazook. You got to look past the Sean Woodson fight. He took that in three days' notice, almost killed himself with a weight cut, fought a nine-foot guy, and got his leg kicked off, right? That's tough for anybody to do. Didn't quit. And if you look at his contender series fights, both fights, one he lost to Melsa Padar, uh, Bagdasarian, excuse me, that was a tough one. <laughs> lost to him, who just recently lost his recently first time in the UFC. So that's a that's a loss that that holds well. And then he beat a stud wrestler in the contenders. Didn't get the didn't get the contract because it wasn't exciting enough. Goes outside the UFC and finishes people. My biggest issue with Bazook is. He sometimes crowds his punches. He doesn't believe himself enough. In the Sean Woodson fight, he had Woods, Woodson against the cage, cut, took all his movement, took all his reach away, and was landing shots and then shot for a takedown that he wasn't landing, went 0 for on the takedowns. He had in his head that I got to get this guy down. When that didn't work, 
He wasn't willing to scrap. With Emmers here, I think that's off the table. You got a full camp. Emmers is impossible to take down. When he does get taken down, he reverses very well. He's scrambling on the feet. He's good. He's lanky. He's 5'10", but he fights a lot longer than that. Um, but Zook's got to have to be on his A game here. And I'm willing to pay plus 260 to say that he's going to be on his end game. I think this fight is a no-brainer uh, over two and a half. That's going to get my money. But on the side, I'm going to take Dennis Bazook. Can't flow Dennis Bazooka plus 260. Jamal Emmers minus 325. Care to uh, have a wager on this one, sir? Not an easy fight to pick. Uh, um, and that goes for a lot of the fights on this card. So that's a tricky one. Um, Gosh, you know, I think from a value perspective, I think Brian has it. I I think that makes a whole lot of sense here. Um, I'm curious to see how Bazookia looks here in this fight. I think sometimes he gets a little tight, sometimes doesn't make the best in-fight decisions. And I think he will have to adjust and do some figuring out, some serious problem solving against Emmers. And I think he's a lot better than what his record indicates. Um, But... Gosh, I, I, I do think Emmers uh, gets it done here. I, I do think his reach, his his trickiness on the feet is going to be tough. Doesn't really offer up a whole lot of um, vulnerabilities here. Unless he makes a big mistake, I think that's where Bazookia really could take over and, and win this fight. Um, certainly capable. I think there's some great value there for Longo's guy. But... Give me Emmers here. Yeah, Kenny's not here to make friends. Picks nope. against Longo's guys all day. <laughs> ah, just kidding, buddy. All right, next pick for us. Uh, similar theme. Lightweight prelim, also involving one of Longo's gentlemen. Nazim Sadikov, minus 148. Vichyslav Barshow, plus 124. You can call him Slava Claus if you want, Bri. Yeah. Sadikov off to a 2-0 start in the UFC, courtesy of his July submission of Terrence McKinney. McKinney's got two TKO wins since then, by the mm-hmm. way. Vicheslav Barshov also coming off a win here. Team Alpha Male product, 2-2 two and two in the UFC thus far. Brian Petrie, floor is yours. Who do you like here at Lightweight? Yeah, so I've established I've been a day one listener, so whenever Ray would drop a little hint of some of the up-and-coming guys, I would always jump on him and see him. Nas slipped through the cracks on me. I'll be honest. I, I didn't catch up with him until his contender series fight. I'm like, this dude's sturdy. That's the word I have for him. He's sturdy. Yeah. He's thick. He's built. He's a big body dude. Cardio for days. He's durable. He's very well-rounded. Um, and the McKenney fight, I think, is as clear as day. I mean, he debuted against Evan Elder, who I know is one and two in the UFC. That's a good fighter. Then yes. he has Terrence McKenney overwhelms, gets overwhelmed by Terrence McKinney like everyone does, stays positive, stays composed, and finishes the fight. That's a big feather in the cap. Now you're getting Slava Claus here, and thank you for saying I can say Slava Claus because I would have no shot of saying his actual name. Um, This is a guy (laughs) who I saw fight in Columbus get taken down 11 times by Mark DeCasey. Then he rebounds and fights Mike Davis and gets taken down nine times. His yeah. boxing is clean. His hands are good. In the pocket is great. The body shots fall up to the head and everything is set up flowy, perfect. However, Nas is smart, right? And he's got a good number here. He comes from obviously a great camp. He's well-rounded. He's not going to go in there and just slug it out with Slava Kos. He's going to mix everything up. He's going to land their takedowns. <laughs> Kenny's laughing the whole time. Give me Nas. Uh, give me Nas in this fight. I was going to throw some munis on it, but I'm going to I'm going to withstand because I'm going to get the bootlicker comments in the you know in the comments for you know bootlicker race guys. But uh, I do like Nas big here. Cody, we got to add Slava Kaz to the to the real to the bench. Go ahead, real. We just got to put it in there. Sometimes, man, my brain's too slow. Save, keep that in your pocket, Cody. Uh, So good, Brian's the man. Uh, Listen, uh, this this is a really interesting fight. Is this battle of the Kavs? Is that what's going on here? Uh, Nazim Sadikov is a very very good fighter. I think he's very good in the pocket. I love his movement, his head movement in particular. How he's able to rip to the body. I think he's a more sophisticated striker than people are giving him credit for. And I think him going out there and doing what he did against McKinney shows that he's not only a very technical fighter, but he's very mentally strong as well. So for me, he proved himself. Now, this is not an easy out for him at all. This was very difficult for me to choose here. Um, I think Vicheslav is 
a very, very good fighter with serious knockout power. He's good on the ground as well, comes from a great camp. Um, and I, I think this could go either way, but I believe in Sadikov. I think that he's going to pose a lot of problems for uh, Vyacheslav, especially in the pocket with his boxing. Um, he's got to watch out for the power uh, of Vyacheslav as well, um, and perhaps on the ground. But uh, again, I, I'm not so worried on the ground either. I mean, may maybe he's a, he's a lot better than I think, but uh, give me Sadikov here. Uh, give me Sadikov. I, I think he gets it done. I'm with you, Brian, on this one. And uh, either way, I think it's going to be a phenomenal yeah. fight. I was really hoping Ken Flo faded all three of Longo's guys. <laughs> yeah. Because you know that I'm fair and honest, yeah. but you know that word would have gotten to Ray either 100%. from me or another source. Like, dude, have a Ken Flo going on the air and picking against all of your guys. <laughs> yeah, oh, we'll see man. if Ken Flo goes for Vola or Saint Denis coming up here in about a few minutes. But look alive out there, Ken Flo, because you're going to lead us off on two of the next three, including this one: a sneaky big go. fight at strawweight, thirteenth-ranked Lupi Godinez minus one thirty, tenth-ranked Tabitha Ricci is plus one ten. So the lower-ranked fighter is the betting favorite here, albeit slightly. Godinez did just fight at Noche UFC, submitted Elise Reed with an RNC in round two. That was her third straight win. She's won five of six overall. On the other side, Baby Shark Tabitha Ricci has won four in a row, last of which a statement, unanimous decision win over Jillian Robertson. That was June 24th. Ken Flo, you know what it is. Losers' title aspirations here. Get set back a full two years mm -hmm. who avoids that fate. Well, you know, I think that uh, Godinez, um, I think the best part of her game is probably her ground game. I, I think she, especially early on in the fight, I think she does throw with some decent power, but she's going against Tabitha Ricci, who I think is a better grappler overall. So I was a little, I don't know, puzzled by the odds, perhaps. Um, I, I think that uh, Ricci is being underestimated here. I do think we'll see this fight go to the ground. I think that's where Ricci can really take advantage. Now, um, Godinez, maybe she hits takedowns and she's good enough to kind of thwart a lot of the attacks of Ricci on her back. But um, I, I think Ricci has made some good strides with her striking. She surprised me in her last fight. Um, and uh, I actually picked against her. After seeing what she did in her last fight, um, I'm, I'm on the Ricci bandwagon, man. I think her striking, her grappling is going to be a problem here. I think she's the more technical fighter. Doesn't always mean the better fighter is going to win, but I think in this case, that will be the case. So, uh, give me Ricci. Nicely done, Ken Flo. We mm -hmm. have seen some money come in, uh, come in, excuse me, on Tabitha Ricci. Plus 110 right now on DraftKings Sportsbook. Bry, yeah. huge fight, right? Number 13 versus number 10 in a hugely deep division, right? Like, yeah. I say it's somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but the loser of this fight, is not going to be in this championship conversation for at least two years. Godinez, Ricci, who do you like? I agree with you. And you're right. The money is coming in. I placed a bet last night when I saw this number uh, researching. I got it at plus 120 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, unbelievable fight. Both these females are very, very similar. Good grapplers, aggressive, similar in size. Ricci 5'1", Godinez 5'2". They are built very similar. Whenever you get grappler as grappler, they they may want to be like, hey, I'm a better grappler. Let's fucking test it. No, I'm a better grappler. That could be that 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 thing in the fight. However, I think Ricci dating Callum Walsh, which is a he was a great up and coming boxer, working with him, training with him in LA. I like that she maybe be rubbing off on some of the striking, or maybe she's working with Freddie Roach or et cetera, et cetera. So I like her striking here. I think I think Tabitha Ricci is a stud. Uh, I've been high on her forever. I mean, she debuted against a, a killer. But other than that, she's just been flawless. And cardio's good. Ground game's good. She adds a little exclamation point with her striking. She's going to be someone fighting for the title. I think these, these women are going to rematch down the line. I think you're right, John. This is going to set someone back. But I think they're both so talented that they yeah. will rematch down the line maybe for a fight. Title fight or maybe eliminator. Uh, but give me Tabitha Ricci. I like the plus money as well. So, uh, yeah, that's already a bet that that's booked, babe. Let's go. And we'll see if that plus Let's number go. holds at close coming up on Saturday night. And you're wise to uh, to acknowledge the relationship with Callum Walsh, who I believe actually has a boxing showcase yeah. a couple nights prior in New York City. He and does, yeah. I think you're also going to see Callum Walsh get some of that UFC promotional machine behind him this week uh, yeah. as well. All right, folks. Pay-per-view main card opener at featherweight. Pat Sabatini minus one thirty. Diego Lopez is plus one ten. So Philly Sabatini, Bry five and one of the UFC, submitted Lucas Almeida back in June. Now we see how his grappling holds up against the fellow BJJ black belt 
and rising superstar Diego Lopez. Submitted Gavin Tucker in 98 seconds back in August. That was his first UFC win. Many fans expect a lot from this man. No. Your thoughts on him this weekend against Pat Sabatini? Yeah. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can get the Diego oh. Lopez going here. I don't know yes. how. He, yeah, that's that's Diego Lopez. I love this guy. The bet's already in. <laughs> the bet's already in. Uh, him as a plus money, I thought was insane. Pat Sabatini is a very good fighter, but he's one dimensional. He gets hurt on the feet quite a bit. Emmer's almost had him out. He's been knocked out by a Damon Jackson. Very good jujitsu, but is it good enough? against Diego Lopez. I don't know. Is his wrestling good enough? I don't know. Diego Lopez went in there against Mozart Evilov on short notice and gave him a fight and then beat Gavin Tucker, who's a solid guy. Diego Lopez, one of my favorite movies of all time is Roadhouse. He has a strikingly resemblance to Patrick Swayze. So yes. if you think I'm fading Diego Lopez, you are wrong. Plus money, two extra units as well. I love this kid. I think this is a great fight for him. I think he can showcase all his skills, and I think he's going to finish past Sabatini too. That's going to be a number I'm going to I'm going to spritz a little bit later uh, in this week as well. I was surprised to see Diego Lopez at plus money. And just to be clear, sometimes you guys mess with me on this. When you say two extra units, my okay. brain says, "Well, you're already throwing one, one. so that sounds like three. So you is it a John, two unit play or a three unit? Since play? I messed up and misspoke, give me four total units on, and I'm up in it. My <laughs> mistake. I'm up in it. All right. Tired of snooty wines and their old wine culture? Confused by words like malolactic fermentation? Yeah, we are too. So with 19 Crimes, you can do the fancy schmancy tilt-sip smell routine, or don't. 19 Crimes is the rebel of wine and culture, telling the stories of rogues and rule breakers who overcame adversities. From convicts banished to Australia, to the legendary icon Snoop Dogg himself, 19 Crimes Wine is defiant by nature, bold in character, and always uncompromising. 19 Crimes, the official wine of UFC. Pick up in stores nationwide or online at 19crimes.com. Enjoy responsibly. 2024, Sonoma, California. Sound the trumpets, ladies and gentlemen. It is horse racing time, so saddle up for action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. So right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. All you need to do, deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app, not now, but right now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code FLOW, F-L-O, only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18 plus, 21 plus in certain states to open or access an account and a resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on a first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wagers within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DKHorse.com. Good. Thank you. Uh, and I did not intend to call you out. Just looking for a little no, clarity. I, I agree. So a four-unit play on Diego Lopez. Ken Flo, I write predictively what I think the lines are going to be. And I had Diego Lopez I thought would be minus 160 here. He's plus 110. Your thoughts on him here against very talented Pat Sabatini. Yeah, I mean, that's why I jumped all over him as well. I have I have Lopez with five Ooh. units here. I'm kind of pissed you reminded Brian <laughs> Petrie about hey. that. I was hoping to at least get some kind of a jump on him in some way, shape, or form. Give me five on Lopez. Listen, I think <laughs> that he's the better fighter all the way around. I, I think he can put it together much better as well. Got to watch out for Sabatini's submission mm -hmm. skills. No question about that. But I think that he, it, it's he's a little bit too chaotic, and he has a little bit too many vulnerabilities uh, here against Lopez, who has proven himself in my, in my eyes. I think that um, he's clean pretty much everywhere. I think he's going to build off of the momentum uh, off his last couple fights, and I think he gets it done. By the way, Short guys, I was dining at Jay Alexander's the other night. Okay. And I'm familiar. A young server came up to me, and, oh, man, he said to me, he's like, dude, the funniest thing you've ever said on the air was when you talked about the custody battles. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> Ah, I was like, oh, no. this right now, like, because I think a lot of of younger people out there, you know, think that I was like trying to be funny, sure. you know, 
Yeah. Thank you guys for the support of Jay Alexander's. I love those two servers. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know why I had that passing thought. All right, Ken Flo, this one's for you, buddy. Huge fight at lightweight. Benoit, seek and destroy Santini, minus 205. Matt Frivola's plus 170. So Santini's nickname is God of War. Our producer, Cody Merrill, and I, we like Davis and Figueredo a ton. God of War, Deus de Geha. That's the God of War. So we kind of think Benoit Santini needs to go seek and destroy. I don't know. Anyway, Trying to follow up what was a violent stoppage of Tiago Moises just two months ago here. He's right back on the horse on the road against the man you heard from on our show earlier this week, Matt Frivola. Ken Flo, lead the dance for us here if you'd be so kind. You going Santini, the favorite, or Matt Frivola, the dog? Yeah, we have m- multiple gods of war, apparently. I thought there was just one. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I-, I think that this is a very difficult one to pick as well. Um, I think Saint-Denis is going to come in with you know his typical style. Now, that doesn't always involve great defense, in my opinion. And I think for Frivola, there's going to be some openings for him to at least land it on the chin. It doesn't mean he's going to put him out because we've seen how tough Santini is. We know how good of a chin he has as well. Um, I think it's going to be a war either way. And it very may well come down to who is the tougher individual? Who is the guy who is willing to literally die in that cage? Uh, God forbid. Um, but both those guys, I think, are willing to go there. I think both of them carry that kind of toughness. I think Frivola, if we're looking at as far as like who's the better technical guy, I think Frivola is probably that guy. I think Santini um, is a grinder. Um, he will will a lot of the things that he tries to do out there. He might even be the bigger guy. I imagine he probably will. Um, I think Favola will be faster. I think he'll be more technical. Um, this is a tricky one uh, for me that I want to stay out of. I'm Ooh, not making a pick okay, on this one. Okay. Nice try. Wow. Nice try. So I'm going, I'm going even Steven oh, all the way okay. around with all of my picks. One, one. I like that. Yeah. All right. So I'm just going to spin it to Longo. The Canflo loves Saint Denis, but out of respect, he abstained. <laughs> no, you know what it is. I look at Frivola's smile, and I'm like, I'm picking this guy. He's too yeah. nice. I'm not picking yeah. against Frivola, yeah. but I, I, I do not want. I honestly, I, I don't want to be biased, and I don't want to be swayed a certain way. It, you know, ha- having talked to him early on in the week, it's like, well, I'm, I'm going to pick Frivola here. This guy is awesome. Um, but I, I just don't want to be swayed yeah. either way. I'm sorry. It is God. amazing how nice they are as a collective mm-hmm. bunch for New Yorkers, they right? Are like awesome. Nas and Bazookia, and for they're all so nice. Like, I don't know. Make me think us Bostonian. <laughs> not in the cage, though, John. No, you're right. Not in the yeah. cage. All right, Brian. Yeah. What do you have for us on this one, my man? So I'm going to go a little longer than normal. I apologize because Frivola is now a friend of mine. You know, I can't. I got to really dive deep into these fights. I spent some time with him in Nashville. We've talked, obviously, via text and whatnot. He's invited me to things. He's an incredibly nice guy. His dad, Sal the Bulldozer. I mean, I want him to adopt me. Okay, let's just put it out there. Like, uh-huh. Desal, adopt me, right? Um, salt yes. of the earth, great, great people. And I had to look at this because Benoit Saint-Denis is no chump. This guy is a fucking stud. I thought Matt would get a little bit bigger of a name. Not distant Saint-Denis. Saint-Denis is a tough, tough fight. I thought Matt, after knocking out Dober, was going to get maybe just a little bit bigger of a name. Instead, he gets kind of a guy with a lukewarm name who might be the hardest fight in the division for him because he's a savage. So when I look down, I break down this fight. Matt's coming off three knockout wins, right? He does have good grappling, out grapple Jalen Turner, and he does have good jujitsu. We saw it in the contender series when he got into the UFC. And Benoit Santini likes to play jujitsu game. He likes to kick the body, he likes to strike, but his hands are low. And if you look at Favola's last three wins, all three by knockout, they came off the back foot, back against the cage, right hand, left hook, and Saint Denis and the Tiago Moises fight. March. I know Thiago Moises. He's a very good fighter, but he's not a, a, a scary striker. He came down with his hand down, swinging at his hips against the cage, and Moises landed some good stuff. Just didn't phase him. If Matt lands those things, he's out. He's dead. He's sleeping. I know Saint Denis is a stud. We saw the the abuse he took against uh, Dos, uh, Lucky Dos Santos in his debut. People were like, "This guy almost died." He goes in the press comments, "I'm fine." You know what I mean? This dude's built different. But I love Matt here. I love Matt Favola here at the plus money, plus 170. I think his wrestling is going to be 
equal, but I think his submissions are better. I think St. Denis relies a lot of heavily on strength and, and thickness because he is a big boy in there. He'll be bigger than Matt. Matt looks to be in incredible shape. Give me Frivola. Give me Frivola by finish as well. I'm playing that. I'm going to ride the hot hand. I'm going to ride the knockout streak. We're in MSG. They're going to be playing the flutes. I did see earlier this week the interview with Matt. He didn't have the cornrows in. He had the cornrows in earlier this week. I've been following him on social media. Didn't have them in. I don't know what that says, but give me Favola. I love it. Gilbert Durino Burns has cornrows right I now. I saw that too, yeah. All right, three fights to go. Featured bout at strawweight. Seventh-ranked Mackenzie Dern is the minus 198 favorite against number five Jessica Andrade, who comes back plus 164. So, Brian McKenzie, during yeah. eight and three in the UFC thus far, pretty darn good. She's accrued a lot of experience, now facing a former UFC champion for the first time. And it's a former champion who really needs a win. Andrade, 15 and 10 in the UFC, but she has lost her last three, all of them this year. She's already fought four times this year. Yeah. The last three losses to Aaron Blanchfield, Jan Shaunan, and most recently, Tatiana Suarez. So, Huge fight here at 115 mm-hmm. pounds. You like Mackenzie Dern or Jessica Andrade? I mean, Andrade is a sad look. He just named off the women she fought. Just killers row. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and fight Mackenzie Dern now with no time off. Absolute savage. Um, this fight threw pause because if you check the receipts, you check the tapes. I picked Mackenzie Dern quite a bit. Got a little bit of a crush on her. I like her skills. Um, but in this fight, I don't know. Her wrestling is still not where I want it to be. And Andrade has been taken down and, and has had trouble off her back. I mean, we, we've she's proven that. But I don't know if Mackenzie Dern can get her down with a takedown. And in the clinch, Andrade is strong. In the clinch, Andrade can land shots. Mackenzie Dern has been proven to be durable, tough. But when you get a bomb by Andrade and you're giving me this huge number, I yeah. don't see Andrade losing four in a row. I just don't. I think she's coming out here. I think she's going to land something big on Mackenzie Dern. I think she's going to show us there's a little bit of levels to this. Yeah, I'm 0-3 in my last three, but guess what? I just fought fucking killers. I'm right. back now. Give me Andrade in this fight. All right, Brian likes Jessica Andrade plus 164. And yeah, I would say if you are a heterosexual male, I'd imagine you got some sort of crush <laughs> on Mackenzie crush. Dern. Yeah, very right? true. Uh, Ken, we need a prediction. We don't need to know... Uh, who you crush on Dern minus 198 Andrade plus 164. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mackenzie Dern, she's hot. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, I, I think that, um, she, she is, she's much more than that. Yeah. I, I think she's extremely dangerous, uh, submission wise. The problem is she needs to get that fight down to the mat mm-hmm. and putting Andrade on her back. I think is going to be very, very difficult. I actually like this stylistic matchup for Andrade. Mm-hmm. She just needs to be disciplined here. She needs to put those losses behind her. She needs to come in here focused. Hopefully she's not just because she gets paid pretty well, I think. Hopefully that's not why she's staying busy. Hopefully she sees value in this fight, See that sees that she can get back on track against a high-profile fighter and a very dangerous fighter in Mackenzie Dern uh, and, and is able to stop those takedowns. If she's able to do that, I think that's where she can hurt Mackenzie. Um, Mackenzie gets a little wild out there on the feet. She's been in Proving her striking a, a great deal. Um, but that's how Andrade wins this fight, either by just outpointing her on the feet, sticking and moving, stopping the takedowns, or even landing a big bomb and winning by TKO or knockout. Um, and yeah, the takedown game, it takes time to develop. And I haven't seen uh, massive strides. Uh, in that aspect from Mackenzie Dern quite yet. I, I think that's really what she she should be working on the most, mm-hmm. integrating uh, proper striking in that range into her takedowns. Um, and as far as the cleanliness of those takedowns, I just don't see it yet. It's not so efficient. And if you're going to beat someone like Andrade, you need to get her on her back. From there, Mackenzie submits her in seconds. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I just I just don't see it happening here at this stage of the game. Perhaps there's a little bit of a drop off in Andrade, um, but not enough for me to pick against her. Um, I, I was contemplating putting some units on her. Obviously, I put five on Lopez at this stage of the game. I may switch. I may take some of those units and put more right, on Andrade, depending on what happens in the fight week. So stay tuned for that, boys, on the text. But uh that's it. I have Andrade. Nice. Right, both Sorry. guys on the Andrade side. She can be had at plus 164 right now on DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, co-main event for the UFC interim heavyweight title. Tom Aspinall, Tommy too much, minus 118. Sergey Pavlovich, minus 102. 
So, Bry Aspinall yeah. needed a year to recover after that knee injury sustained in a main event spot against Curtis Blades. He returned, promptly put it all over Marcin Tabora to sort of reassert himself. And now gets his first crack at a UFC title. It comes against a man in Pavlovich who has six consecutive knockouts in the UFC. And he was the guy who, of course, was pegged as the backup for the fight that went away between John Jones and Stipe Miocic. Perhaps that factors into your handicap. Perhaps not. You mm-hmm. do need a selection on the co-main event. What a main event. I mean, I don't know what people are talking about. I know it's John Jones, guys. I know it's Stipe. But what a fucking main event we got here. Are you it's kidding me? Co-main. Excuse co-main. me. Excuse me. Not even main event. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable fight here. And this is a tale of two things. I've been on Tommy Aspinall day one. I'm like, this dude's going to be champion. I love him. I was negative with Pavlovich coming in after the Overeem loss. He was getting some knockout wins. I go, yeah, but you still lost Overeem, right? He's proved me wrong. Like the guy is an animal, a killer, uh, and scares me a little bit if we're being honest with you. I mean, the guy's reach is insane. His power is insane. He's only getting better. He's 31 years old. He looked phenomenal against Curtis Blades. He stuffed some takedowns, even though Curtis Blades didn't really shoot that many takedowns, still stuffed them, pummeled Curtis Blades, who I think is one of the more underappreciated heavyweights in our time. There's not a lot of of really high-level heavyweight fights that gets everyone excited, this is one of them. This should get you excited because Aspinall is quick. He's the new breed. He's been trained by his dad. Jiu-Jitsu's great. Don't really know how his wrestling is, but he's so flowy on the feet. He moves in and out really good. Chin a little high when he exits it, and Pavlovich straight right hand is deadly. So that is something that keeps replaying my head, but what's replaying more is... Tommy Aspinall jumping in with something, maybe a lead-in elbow, strike, something like that, knocking Pavlovich down, maybe a maybe a club and sub situation because because Tommy does have some good submissions. I see Aspinall winning this fight. I see him winning by finish. I you know I thought I was going Pavlovich because he's a scary son of a bitch. I'm going Tommy Aspinall. England, you're gonna have your first heavyweight champ, I think. How about that, Ken Flo? Ray Longo of the final four athletes competing on this fight card was most convicted in his belief that Sergei Pavlovich would win. For me, I was most curious to get your selection on this particular fight, Ken Flo. Dying to know who you like, Sergei Pavlovich or Tom Aspinall. Yeah, thanks, man. Listen, uh, Pavlovich, uh, extremely aggressive, extremely dangerous. However, uh, what I can't get out of my head is the fact that as he moves forward, those hands drop chin goes up if we're pretending that he is unbeatable then i'm not on that train i think that he gets way he gets hit way too much for me to have 100 confidence in him um maybe he fixes that maybe he calms down in this fight he fills those holes in and uh and defensively he comes in looking like a completely different guy but when we're making picks i can only go on what we've seen And for me, it makes me a little bit too uneasy when I see a guy who goes that aggressively towards someone um, and leaves himself open like that. Um, And I think for Aspinall, I think he can find his chin. I don't think Aspinall needs to even go forward against Mm -hmm. Pavlovich here, Brian. I think that um, he's just going to wait for Pavlovich to come to him and then maybe find his chin. Um, Ken Aspinall, does does he have a pull counter um, in his repertoire? I think so. Um, I think his kicking game needs to come into play here. We don't see a whole lot of kicks from Pavlovich as well. Mm-hmm. I think footwork is going to be the key to this fight for Aspinall. Um, it will be won or lost there. If he decides to stand and trade against Pavlovich, yeah, guess what? Pavlovich is knocking him out, okay? Um, it, the guy's just too powerful. He's too quick as well. So Aspinall needs to be very slick and also maybe needs to use that forward momentum that Pavlovich will inevitably throw at him to maybe level change and, level change and put him on his back. That's another way that Aspinall can win this fight. So for me, he's got more ways to win. He's got more tools. Doesn't always mean he's going to win this fight. However, Give me Aspinall. I like the kid. I agree with Brian. I think he could be a future champion. Uh, Probably has a lot of pressure on his shoulders with all of the UK watching, but I think he gets it done, man. A little Ken Flo deception in there as well. He likes Tom Aspinall minus 118 against Sergey Pavlovich. And yeah, you're right, dude, to acknowledge not just the power, but the hand speed of Sergey Pavlovich Mm -hmm. as well. The myths on that dude. All right. UFC 295 main event for the undisputed UFC light heavyweight title. Alex Pineda minus 135, the favorite. Yuri Prohaska plus 110, the underdog. So Jamal Hill is still the champion. That will no longer be the case as soon as this fight begins. 
Pineda escaping with a split decision out over the former champion Blahovich in his divisional debut at UFC 291 in July. Brian, that laid the foundation for the former middleweight champion to get this title shot, vying to become a two-division mm-hmm. champ and take it on the former light heavyweight king, Yuri Prohaska. Never lost the belt in the octagon and ending his injury-induced layoff here 17 months later at MSG. Pereira, Prohaska, Brian Petrie, who do you have? I love this fight, guys. I mean, I would, I've would i been on record saying I'd be a terrible matchmaker. I wouldn't be good. But the co-main event and the main event are ones that I would, I would easily match up. That's how good they are. Unbelievable. 205 was a showcase division back in the UFC 50s when the Ultimate Fighter exploded, when Ken Folk exploded. You had Chuck, you had Randy. 205's back, boys. 205 is back. And uh, I love this fight. I love Jamal Hill. I love Ankalaev. I think there's a lot of interesting guys in this division. Now, when you get to this fight, man, gee, I've never seen a fighter who doesn't speak English take over American social media like Alex Pereira with his just fucking stone face. He's hopping on people's lives with scary men. Like, he's a right. funny dude. Like, yeah. I'm really behind this guy. I feel like a traitor because I love Izzy. And this is Izzy's mortal enemy, and I'm kind of liking prayer. I'm like, holy shit, this guy's fucking dope. Yeah. Uh, an incredible fighter. He he just got inducted to the Glory Kickboxing Hall of Fame. Only third fighter to ever do that. The guy's the real deal on the feet. What he's done in MMA is 8-2. and two. What he's done in MMA is, is outstandingly impressive. you got to give credit to Glover Teixeira as well because Glover's been with them the right the whole way. This dude left, went to Connecticut, and really shored up his takedown game and overall confidence in MMA. With that being said, though, Yuri's fucking nuts. Did you guys watch the countdown show? He's sitting there like this, doing the interview the whole time. He's got the hair back, the antenna, the get signals. Like he is rate, he's borderline Tony Ferguson, Diego Sanchez off the reservation. The problem is, is it's working. Like he believes this shit. Like he is a different kind of animal in there. Like, his fighting style is craziness mixed with tenaciousness, mixed with unrelenting cardio and heart. I mean, look at the Glover fight. He was out like four times. He admitted yeah. Dominic Reyes knocked him out with an upkick. He woke up and won the fight. Like, this guy is different. And when you look at an MMA standpoint, Yuri does have really good tools. He does have good takedowns. He's got awkward striking, which could be hard for a guy like Alex to find him. If Alex finds him, because that's the biggest thing I see a lot of people saying, if Alex hits Yuri and Yuri's very hittable, it's over. It's hard to argue that because Alex puts everyone out. But Yuri's so funky and awkward, and he's going to come out and do some goofy stuff. Mike throws some Alex off, and if he mixes everything in, I think Yuri Prohaska wins this fight. I can't believe I said that. I have something written down here, W-I-K-P. Who is Kenny picking? I went to bed thinking that last night. Who the fuck is Kenny picking in this fight? Because I don't know. And I just came to the realization this morning, it's Yuri Prohaska. I think it's good. I think it's... I don't know if he's going to finish, but I like him in this spot here. I can't wait. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just talking at this point. Kenny, please take it away. You're the man. Give me Yuri. Can flow as of this taping. Alex Pineda minus 135. Yuri Prohaska plus 110. Who do you like in the main event? You know, I talked about earlier in regards to Favola, how I don't want to be swayed by my emotions, okay? And uh, Prohaska is one of those guys that gets me going, man. I am absolutely fascinated by that dude. Um, he is a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma. Okay. And the way I see this fight, we have fire and ice. Ice is Pereira. We have fire with Prohaska. He brings chaos into the cage. He's looking to finish you or he has no problem being finished himself. He truly brings that kind of samurai mentality into the octagon. Um, it's what makes him so dangerous. It's also what makes him potentially a little vulnerable um he is so sometimes gets so uh excited about getting that finish that he does open himself up uh not so much like a pavlovich in my opinion however um he is a little bit vulnerable now he gets by because he has awesome athleticism and his unorthodox style can pose a lot of problems Pereira is more surgical in his approach. He's more of a computer. He goes out there. He tries to problem solve. He figures you out. Then he starts to pick you apart. And I think that's what he's going to have to do here. I, While it could potentially end very quickly, I see it kind of being this kind of slow boil into some kind of explosive thing. And one of these guys wins by knockout. And that's what gets me fired up about this fight. It's brilliant matchmaking. Uh, and whoever gets the belt at the end of the night is going to deserve it. 
Um, I think Pereira is a little bit more clinical, um, uh, has better fundamentals. And when I'm looking at this fight, while my emotions pull me towards Prohaska, um, I, I think me seeing a little bit more solid fundamentals out of Pereira uh, and all the experience that he's accrued at this stage of the game. I also think at 205 pounds, he uh, that's more of his yeah. weight class. I think that he's more solid at that weight class in every aspect. I think he has more energy. I think he has a better chin. Uh, and I think because of that, he has more confidence um, and can prepare better for fights like this. When you are sucking down weight like I had to at 145 pounds, he got two fights. He got that scale, and then you have that guy after that. And I think for him, he doesn't have that same level of stress heading into a fight at 205 pounds. Um, so, gosh, an, an explosive one. Um, I, the other thing is the question mark on Prohaska. How healthy is he? I could see him being crazy enough <laughs> to be like, yeah, I got one and a half arms. That's probably good yeah. enough. I, I don't yeah. know. That, that maybe isn't an issue. But um, he certainly is crazy enough to just go out there and fight regardless. And if he was missing all of his limbs, it'd be like Monty Python. I'd be like, yeah, come on. Let's bring <laughs> right. it. I'm not done yet. I'm going to headbutt <laughs> you until I win this fight or bite you or whatever. Um, but I, I think Pereira, I think Pereira wins this. I don't think that last fight is a great measure of the kind of fighter that he mm. is. I also think we don't see the threat of a takedown from Prohaska necessarily. Mm. So um, give me Alex Pereira as the next 205-pound champ. What's that, Brian? I said, is it Saturday yet? I'm ready to flip my fucking nets. <laughs> Let's go. Soon enough. Don't yeah. forget, you can get more from Brian Petrie on X at Brian Petrie MMA with his MMA Takes podcast. Buddy, outstanding stuff. Wish you all the best on the board, and we will talk to you in less than a week. You guys are the best. See you, boys. There he is, Brian Petrie, with us for the main event challenge. We hope you all will check out the pay-per-view this weekend. It is UFC 295. We got to get on out of here. Remember, all of our new Anik and Florian podcast merchandise, the entire store is up right now at johnanik.com. 20% off everything with code UFC 295. We are also in the process of reworking the one more sleep designs as well. Those are at millions right now, but eventually everything will move over to johnanik.com. Thank you to our producer, Cody Merrow. Thank you to Brian Petrie. For Ken Flom, John Anik, don't forget we're back with you Monday, November 13th. We will recap how it all went down at Madison Square Garden. Until then, enjoy the pay-per-view. And uh, to everyone of you out there, thank you for supporting the show. This content will always be free for you. With that, for Ken Flom, John Anik, we'll talk to you on Monday and see how it goes down in New York City. Until then, you'll fucking live. Time I start a verse, I break at least three commandments. Kinda like Pluto because I never plan it. I'm outlandish in the way that make the patches look like they own ranches. It's the art of war, your blood's the only color on the canvas. And I don't mean it like a thug sense of how you can get God. Fuck being gangsta, I'm hip hop. You got it every time you walk in the label. The A and R's are nodded. Immune to your shit cause I circle, circle, dot, dotted. Body heat is a toxic leak, gotta beat, I don't gotta speak. Coppers, he start to think psychically, make the speakers peak elitist leak. Off the high horse, make an ass of the views. Your DJ must not know the alphabet for getting his cues. My favorite DJ got those and six extra L's to abuse. Esoteric John P and I'm the new kid's school. I'm Raider Ellis, nice to meet you. Show busting my styles. Egocentric, ego tripping with frequent flyers miles. DJ wants to get in the bird. He gets in the bird. And bird takes the shot. He's you want to stand it on us? We got commandos on us. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.